ball is high. It is far. It is gone to win the game. The Mets are on their way back. World champions for the 27th time. Home plate for all things Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Dog days of summer are in front of us. We are in them right now. And that means pennant race push for Major League Baseball. How's it going, everybody? My name is Will Talent. I'm joined by Maddie Bimonte and Nick Palmer. And this is Nosebleeds, a podcast from WFUV Sports. Guys, we have a big push coming, the playoff push. There's a lot of teams still in the mix, not just in the National League, but also in the American League. Lots of division races. Kind of, I want to say starting to heat up, but like we'll get into the American League West, but that was really not a race up until this point. And now it's really tight between three teams, not just the Rangers, and it's not just the Rangers and the Astros. The Mariners have inserted themselves into that conversation. We will get into that, but we have a lot to unpack, not just playoff wise, but some news and notes around Major League Baseball. We'll start it off right now with uh, Steven Strasburg. He announced his retirement from Major League Baseball or plans to announce his retirement from Major League Baseball on September 9th in an official um, announced press conference with the Washington Nationals at Nationals Park. Strasburg, man, this one this one hurt, guys. It, it hurt a little bit because he was so impressive at San Diego State. Generational first overall pick, probably more hype than the recent uh, number one overall pick in Paul Skeens and up there with Garrett Cole. This was how good Strasburg was in college. Three-time All-Star, uh, 2019 World Series winner, and he was the MVP of that series from 2012 to 2019. He was one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. Injuries were always an issue with him, but he remained at the top or at least in that conversation as one of the better arms to have in a rotation for quite some time. Three 200-plus strikeout seasons. And, of course, you can't forget a seven-year, $240 million contract or $45 million contract after the 2019 season. That is what he signed for. And he only made nine starts from the day that he signed that contract. So, Maddie, I want to start with you. Strasburg out, obviously a division that you are familiar with, um, Big name for many years, not so much now, and he hangs it up at 35 years old. It's It really is sad just knowing the background of his injury timeline over the past couple of years with the nerve damage and the surgeries that he's had, um, where he had like a rib removed and like nerves, like crazy surgeries that you, you do not hear about very often. When you think of baseball, you think of Tommy John or things like that. He was dealing with something we've never really seen in the sport, and it's absolutely devastating when you talk about what his legacy was for the team who a, a team with not a lot going on besides the 2019 world series. And so they were able to have that bright spot with him. And I think that means a lot for the city. I think that means a lot for the team that we see from the responses from everybody this week, what they're saying, you know, giving their support, um, just waiting for this announcement that is going to happen. But it's it, it just there's no no more things to say than just sad overall to see guy put so much into the sport for such a long career and his body just cannot handle it and just can't do it and i i hope 
he has a very pleasant, restful time for the rest of his life now that he is out of the thick of playing with the nerves and the pain that he's probably going through not being able to pitch and playing the game he loves you can't wish for more than just you know maybe he can come back and contribute into the game in other ways or what he can do but he deserves a break he gave a lot to this sport and he gave a lot to his career and I think the Nationals should be very proud of him I I I think they absolutely should be proud of him um, I don't think they're too proud of the contract they gave him for what they got out of it. Um, but with that said, you're, you're right. The the championship World Series MVP, that that can't be taken away from him. And especially um, with how things are going for the Nationals now, I bet they're pretty darn grateful for what he was able to do uh, in the early years of his career. I mean, I, I, I rewatched some of his uh, his first start ever yes, as a National. And too. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, that that guy was absolutely filthy. I think through like before age thirty, he had like a three point one seven ERA. I mean, the guy was absolutely he had, he had some good stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's real. Sorry, what'd you say? Nine starts in in, in how like many years? Three. I want to say it has to be three, three or four years. When it, yeah. he signed in two thousand nineteen, so four years really. Count twenty twenty. You know, you're okay. not going to make that many starts, but still, <laughs> you know. He didn't make any, so <laughs> it's it's so brutal. But um, good for you, Stephen. Secured the bag. Um, I mean, it's it sucks though. It sucks. It definitely sucks. And it's 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 not it's not funny. But like, isn't it though? But it's not because I know he was supposed to be a great pitcher, and uh, all the best for him in retirement. Yeah, you know, he was up there. I I would even go as far as Degrom level of good. Uh, he had the lowest ERA. For a pitcher through his age 30 season I believe of all time or there may be a little tweak in that in that statistic but he had an ERA that was very close to under three by his age 30 season and he had been up for a while before he even turned 30 so definitely he definitely showed that generational talent that was you know, that was labeled to him and that, that he possessed. It was just all about, as you guys have been saying, staying on the field. He just couldn't do it. His body always gave out on him. Even from the beginning, his first two seasons, when he was 21 and 22 years old, he only made 17 starts. It wasn't really until 2012 when he had his first full season, he was an all-star in that year. And then the rest is history after that. Uh, But Nick, you bring up the contract and getting the bag. Yeah, he got the bag. And, you know, it was kind of perfect timing for him. He had his best season ever right in, in his contract year. Then he wins the World Series. And not only the World, the World Series, but the MVP of that series yeah. absolutely lights out. So um, and he had some big moments throughout his entire Nationals tenure. You Obviously, you were saying, Nick, as well, that first start that he made was so electric. The, the yeah. um, Nationals Park probably wasn't that amped up for anybody at all for that franchise at that time until Steven Strasburg came to town and they gave him uh, they gave them something he gave them something to cheer about and um, definitely went through some rough years with the Nationals some really good years they didn't turn into anything and then finally that elusive ring in 2019 but it just wasn't meant to be unfortunately did not Finished the way that he was projected to be, um, but still, nonetheless, a great career for Steven Strasburg. Wish him all the best. 
with his future endeavors. Now, staying on the topic of injuries, let's talk about some current injuries. Mike Trout, he goes back on the injured list for the Los Angeles Angels. He broke his handmate bone in his wrist, uh, in his left wrist, and he has re-aggravated that same injury. Um, the GM of the Angels, Perry Manazian, um, Manazian, said he will not do baseball activity for at least 10 days. But let's not bury the headliner here, Shohei Otani, a tear of the UCL. That smells like Tommy John surgery, and it would most yes. likely be his second Tommy John surgery of his career. Um, this is big, guys. This is really big, and it comes at a very unfortunate time for, you know, you could say the Angels, but they they were so far removed before this injury. You know, they were 5-16 and 16 after their massive buying of a deadline. They were probably the most aggressive buyers in this market for this trade deadline, and they have been the worst team in baseball since. That's pretty bad. But um, Shohei Otani, their prize – their sole possession, their guy, he is shelved. However, still in the lineup, batting second tonight against the Mets. He will continue the DH as far as we know. You know, 44 home runs, 91 RBIs for Otani this season. He's on track to win his second MVP, and his splits are incredible. 304 batting average, a 405 on base with a 664 slugging, and a 1,069 OPS. And on the mound, he was great, too. Not Cy Young. Probably would have gotten some votes, though. 10-5, and 3-1-4 ERA in 23 starts, 32 innings pitched, and 167 strikeouts. He was on pace for yet another great season on the mound. He will finish it there. Like I said, probably going to win his second MVP. But two massive injuries, guys. Let's start with Otani. There's a lot to unpack here. The Angels, Otani, both of them as two separate entities, there's a lot to talk about. But overall, the Angels have lost their guy. He will still DH, as I said, but really massive blow. I'll go to you, Nick. Uh, I'm really not looking at what it's going to do for the Angels this season. They have kind of said that and defined that for us after the deadline. I'm interested to hear what you guys think about his market for this offseason. Let's, let's talk about money-wise. Team-wise, because there could be a lot of shakeups with this injury for Shohei Otani. Yeah, that um, that three-quarter of a billion-dollar contract's not going to happen. Um, I hell, I I don't even know really? if he's going to no get. No way. <laughs> I I I don't even know if he's going to get like, you know, five hundred. To be honest, because uh, there there are a couple different avenues you can go. You you, you know, there's some people saying that he's never going to pitch again. Which, okay, if you're that fatalistic about it, let's say he never pitches again and he's still, you know, he's still leading the MLB, still leading the MLB in home runs, I believe. He is. I um, think he 44? is. 44? Yeah. Correct. Uh, good God, that's horrific. Uh, but, okay, Aaron Judge got 370. So, you know, and Aaron Judge is right up there, right? They're about even. But, you know, I, I think most teams do expect him to pitch again. They're going to say, all right, get your second Tommy John, which we all know a second Tommy John surgery is never good almost every pitcher that gets a second Tommy John surgery is never the same after the second one um but even if he is big blow to his marketability um but just how like it, it wasn't it was so irresponsible from the angels I mean I just saw a report that came out that said you know you know how Otani was like pushing back his starts today because of like fatigue and like we all saw his velocity drip uh dropping 
um, was cramping all over the place. Um, and the Angels didn't look at anything until a week ago. Um, so that's incredibly irresponsible for your golden goose of the organization, especially if you're going to try and keep them around, um, which they claim to want to do. Uh, they're they're not going to get him back. There's absolutely no way. Uh, but yeah, just such a blow to baseball, man. Um, I feel bad for the guy. Still going to get a lot of money, but I don't know, Maddie. What what, what do you think? Okay, well, I I took no notes on the situation because I wanted to speak directly from my head. And I'm going to say right off the bat, I don't know what the Angels were thinking. This goes back to the deadline. I said it on the pod probably three weeks, like three weeks leading up to the deadline. Get rid of them. Like, get get your money now. Get your money while you can. And they didn't do that. And and they said, no, we're going to make the playoffs. We're going to make the push. We're going to do it. Where are they now? <laughs> where, where are they now in AL West? This record since. And then you and can... the Yankees are in that league. <laughs> That's crazy. It's just, it, it's a really laughable situation when you look at management and how they decided to go about having in arguably the best player in baseball. You have the best player in baseball. He can do it all. And you were like, no, we're going to keep him because it, we think that this he's going to like warm up to the team in terms of his like new contract re-signing in the offseason. Like he's going to see how much he loves us and he's going to stay with us because we treat him so well. And then this happened. The Mike Trout injury, which we'll talk about, was just like a long time coming. It's like a seasonal Mike Trout injury for me. Like it happens. Like I'm not. So that's like one drop in the Shohei Otani. Like, okay, do I really want to be here if Mike Trout's going to get injured like every other like month in the season? Like that's one thing. But then Otani's goes down with this second Tommy John that we have talked about. And I completely agree with what you've said, Nick. I think that this is just kind of the worst case scenario for him as a pitcher in terms of now you face a second Tommy John and like you said pitchers don't really recover well from doing something like this and and while I don't want to be negative and I want to say like I think he'll be fine in the long run for at least what long run I mean like the next couple seasons not like long term but I I think looking at this situation it was just really unfortunate for him I I agree he's not going to get the money that we anticipated he was going to get but now we have to deal with the repercussions of what the Angels organization has done management wise and you look at how upsetting this is like from an Angels perspective you went all in on this idea that really had no legs to stand on and you paid the price like there so from management, there's no positive spin on this. I feel for Otani because this is just, you know, he was about to get the best thing of his life. Like everybody dreams of something like this. And unfortunately with, I feel like the way pitching has developed over the past couple of years with the strain on your arms and the way people have been throwing and adapting to throw, this is more common now. And seeing the best player in baseball go down with such a now routine thing is sad it's really sad for for him for the sport for everything but there's there's no way to circumvent how bad this looks for the angels like they're really like there's no way to look any this any worse way for them at this point i i do want to um just really quickly i i i i did see where the angels were coming from um i'm not gonna say i agreed with it but um keep in mind that the trade deadline was 
so a week before the deadline, they sweep the Yankees in LA. I, I, I go to the one of those games. It was absolutely heartbreaking. Almost got in a fight in the parking lot. We're not going to get into that. Um, but are you going to uh, win? They, they go on, they go on. Yeah, the guy was like my height and I had three of my friends. So I don't know what he was doing. He made his girlfriend cry anyway. Aww. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, it's a week before the trade deadline. They go on this heater. They're expecting Mike Trout to come back. Otani's on this ridiculous pace. They get what Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, CJ Crone, Randall Grichik, and uh, Dominic Leone. I mean, with Mike Trout and Otani performing on at the level that they were and on the heater that they were on, I think it wasn't insane to say that they were making the playoffs. But I think the reason they did it was to be like, Shohei, like, look, look at all the pretty pieces that we got you. Like, st- stay with us, please. Because I think even if they made the wild card, Shohei would have at least considered it. Because he's like, oh, okay, this is I a team that's taking that me seriously. Um, but they didn't. They're crashing and burning, and it's hilarious. Well, well, you got to keep in mind the names that you just listed. No knock on them. Great baseball players. But that was it. That was the list of guys that you could have chose from to decide if you wanted to make a push or not if you're the Angels. There were no big fish to fry for this trade deadline and the Angels, uh, we'll get into the them as a whole in a second because this ties into Trout as well um, with what didn't happen for him. Um, so they went in as buyers in a very weak buying market. You just listed off like four names there, Nick, that probably shouldn't have all gone to the same team. Could have been a lot better if they went to different teams and did, and did better for other like, like Randall Grichik is a great solid outfielder he's not the centerpiece trade acquisition he's you know he would have done fine in a contending lineup that's exactly what the kind of acquisition Randall Grichik is he's not going to bring you to the promised land he'll help you but you can't trust him to be the guy to do it but the angels you know they kind of put all their eggs in one basket to show as you guys have been saying to show Shohei like, hey, let's do this. Um, but it, it's just, it was not the right move. And like you said, Nick, I understand it as well. But you need to be more logical. Like, you have to understand this is not the kind of year to do that, even if you were in the position to try to do that. You should have done everything that you could to make yourself better for next year. And whatever happens this year happens. Because they were like 500 when they were at the trade deadline. And I know they swept the Yankees. The Yankees were crashing and burning then. And now it's kind of ash at this point. So at the time it was big. So they're like riding high and they made a riding high kind of move. Um, For Shohei though, in terms of his market, I really think, you know, I've been seeing a lot of things, people saying that his numbers are going to get impacted in terms of his payday, which I believe is true. I don't think it's going to be as much as people think though. I think that he's still going to get the richest contract that we've ever seen in professional sports. Um, The team that gets him will not have him to pitch, but they're going to get a two-time MVP, someone who's going to be fresh off his second MVP that he would, he would have won not solely off of offense because you have to account for the pitching that he had this year. But if he didn't pitch at all this year, he still would have won the MVP. So you're getting your bat in the lineup. That is going to be, Aaron Judge plus money. That's going to be like a 40 to $45 million AAV just to DH. 
Then when he comes back to pitch, because he is still pretty young um, for, you know, this time in his contract, he'll be older when it's like 12, 13 years long, but um, he will come back and pitch. Will it be as a starter? I'm not sold that it will be. It depends on what this team, whoever it is, what they negotiate with him as a pitcher in these contract negotiations. I think giving a shot to being a starting pitcher is still on the table, but I saw something that Jeff Passan was talking about the other day and I, I really liked it. I was thinking it initially and then it became kind of a, a, a real thing, a real possibility. Why don't you put him in the bullpen? Why don't you make him a closer? He closed in the WBC. You think about how much yeah. now, obviously you don't want to pay a closer like $25 million, right? That that's a lot per year but you know what you're getting out of him on offense. I think he still gets around 50 million per year, close to it. If you put him in the bullpen, think about how dominant he would be. His stuff is already as dominant to, to, as it is to begin with. And then if you put him in the bullpen as that lights out closer, there are some teams out there that really need that. They could use a closer. One name that really pops into my head that, that I liked him as a fit there couple years ago and now I I like it even more now that he got hurt believe it or not and that's the Seattle Mariners think about the Mariners with Shohei Otani and then if they don't need him in the rotation you could always use another arm right they have no bullpen they traded Paul Seawald to the Diamondbacks they don't have a closer imagine Shohei coming back as the closer of the Mariners with the rotation that they have lined up for the next five six years whatever it's going to be that is they are in a position right now to really make a push for Shohei Otani. And it still makes sense. It may make more sense than it did before. I'm going to let this idea cook because I like, I kind of like the idea of putting him in the bullpen for a little bit of time. I I don't think it's an idea. No, I really don't think like if you're really trying to test him and build his arm back up slowly after this year off that it's going to be, why not just stick him there just for a period of time? I don't, I agree. I don't think starting pitching is necessarily off the table permanently. You just see how well he fares on like a, like a lower, you know, amount of innings. Less innings, yeah. I, I just started laughing myself thinking about him coming out of the dugout to close a game instead of the bullpen because he's DHing yeah, right? in the same game. What do you think his song is going to be when he comes Dude, out? Dude, I don't know, but it's just funny to think of a closer walking out of the dugout. <laughs> yeah, I, it's definitely a real possibility, though. He uh, We saw it in the WBC. He made pretty quick work of Mike Trout there. He has the stuff, obviously. So if instead of going five to seven innings, think about what he brings in that span of time for one inning, just get me three outs. You're probably going to go two for four, hit a home run, have three RBIs. Great. Get my last three outs. And now we don't have to look for somebody else in the bullpen. We have our guy to lock down our games in the bullpen and probably win them too offensively. So I, I see a lot of upside with this injury for Shohei. You know, you, you look at it, it's very, it's a very negative situation, but at the same time, I think he can come back from this and still be a very, very dominant two-way guy, whether he's starting or not. I don't think it's going to be anything short of that. But let's talk about the Angels a little more here. Let's talk about Trout really briefly. That Hammett bone that I was talking about in July, he broke that. He came back. And then on Tuesday, he re-aggravated it. Maybe that's not the right word, but he did something to it that, it um it caused him some discomfort 
and now he's going to be out for probably another week, most likely two. So um, the one thing that I was alluding to before, though, guys, Mike Trout did not have a rehab stint. Now, neither did Aaron Judge, right? These players probably don't need rehab stints. But, you know, you miss eight weeks. Um, and then again, for Judge, it really hasn't been a factor. But Trout's a little older. You kind of want him to build himself back up. And the Angels didn't do that. They got him right back in the mix so they can make this push. And I think it's time to really highlight, again, the front office and the brass here. Um, We were saying it before, heaviest buyers, worst record since. It's just they – I I don't really think they know what they want to do. They obviously wanted Shohei back, but I don't really think they have their heads on straight here, guys. I just think there's a major problem. I I agree. I don't think the Angels know what they want to do. And I think that's kind of the fault of when you get stuck in the same state as two other just phenomenal teams that like have young talent and know what they're doing and kind of like have their works around it. Um, The Trout injury, like I said, um, is like a, I blink Trout gets injured. It's like root. It's like clockwork at this point. Like I'm just waiting for it at some point in the season. And it happens later this time. He was, I think he was, wasn't he like injured? Like in July, like this is not like a new thing. Like this is like continuously. Yeah, he's been out for two months. Just about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like, what can you do at this point with him? Other than just hope that he stays healthy for a decent amount of time. But I think you're right. I don't think the front office understands what it means to have young talent and what to do with it because like we just talked about with Otani going out to get these pieces that just don't make sense around him it it just there I feel like there's like a wall that they're not able to climb over when they're just Mm. determining this and until they get like this massive overhaul maybe in the off season or maybe years down the line, because at this point it looks like it's going to be years down the line. I don't, I don't see this team progressing anywhere really from a front office standpoint. I think that's, what's really holding them back. And until there's change, I don't see this team making a real push and a marketable effort to do anything. And one one of the craziest things is, is Anthony Rendon. I mean, this guy has been on and off the injured list. He's getting paid $35 million a year. I I saw a report. I don't, I don't know when it was. It was pretty recently that said he like wasn't handling his injury well and wasn't taking care of it. Um, He's now on the 60 day, I believe CJ Crohn's on the IL. Um, This, this team is just an absolute disaster. Um, It's uh, I, I, I actually don't have any words because like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Yankees fan who's dealing with his own stuff right now. And even the, I'm like, well, at least we're not the angels. But I do like Logan Ohabi. That's the one thing I will say about this team. Logan Ohabi's a dog. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. And he got hurt too. He, he just got reinstated. He's back. Really? Okay, good. I didn't see that because when I was actually at that game where he got hurt oh. and that was ugly. That yeah. He was in a lot of pain. But yeah, good good catcher right there. They do, they have a little bit, but they traded a lot of it away. So, oh man, the Angels, Shohei, Trout. It's just all kind of crumbling down. I think that should wrap up the Angels talk here. We kind of went on about them because there's so much to go on about with them. They're always, they're always, it's, it's unfortunate. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll rise back like they were um, at the top late 2000s, early 2010s, but who knows? Um, Playoff pushes though, guys, there's a lot, there's a lot 
to look at here as the pennant races start to really heat up. Let's jump right into it. I want to talk about the Cubs, a team that was looked as as sellers at the deadline. They came to New York before that All-Star break, and they were on a tear. They won, I think, eight or nine games in a row. And then they changed their mind, and they were like, you know what? We're not going to trade Cody Bellinger. We're not going to trade Marcus Stroman. We're going to keep them. And instead, we're going to try to find somebody or people to put around them. And they did just that. They acquired Jamer Candelario from the Nationals, and he has been fantastic. Ten extra base hits, batting 333 for the Cubs with a 956 OPS. And the Cubs, 14-7 and seven since the deadline. And the big thing here, three games behind the Brewers, six left against Milwaukee, 16 games left in their schedule against um, National League Central opponents. Guys, this is really big for them. They are in a really big spot to jump standings and kind of take over in the NL Central. So, Maddie, I want to go to you first. Do you think the Cubs have a shot to win this division this year? I don't think it's out of the question to really say so. I think with when you're on a hot streak, you're on a hot streak and there's nothing you can do like to really slow down until you lose, which sounds stupid to say, but like if they're going hot, like what, who's to say they don't have a chance at this point. I think now the issue with them is their pitching. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything mean about the Marcus Stroman injury. I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm not going to say anything about it other than, they have a pitching gap now that is a problem. But one thing I did want to say with the Cubs was I saw an interesting tweet today about their ability to close close games and what that stat has looked like. So about if you're looking at about three runs in between each game, they were 16 and 29 through July 17th in those kinds of games. But now they have been they have improved to 31 and 35. They've been 15 and six over closer games this season. While they haven't been blowing out teams left and right, which is what they really need to do. I would say in order to keep this momentum going, they've been slowly and steadily improving, but now it's like Drew Smiley has gone down in terms of how well he's been doing. Um, Pitching just is now in kind of a wild spot for them in terms of injuries and what they want to do. Um, but I think this was a good year for the Cubs. When you really look at this as a whole, I think you look at back of the season, even if they don't win NL Central, this was a great year for them in terms of improvement and what they've done. Um, but I don't think it's out of the question if they want to take this. I think that if you look at the Brewers in turn, while they have been able to hold on, um, their offense hasn't been that great. Their pitching has been very good this season. Um, in terms, they were, I believe, uh, they've allowed the fewest runs in NL Central so far. Um, and so with Corbin Burns and the bullpen, I think that this team is also still a threat. But I wouldn't say the Cubs have any like no shot at making it. I think this is going to be a tight race for them. But it just depends on the Cubs' ability to close out these games. Yeah, I mean, I love this Cubs team. Like, I, 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 I've never been like the biggest fan of the Cubs, but this team is so cool to me because they're not, they're not, you know, the big headliners where they have all the star power in the world. But I'm, I'm so happy for Cody Bellinger. I mean, after years of just, you know, he obviously he had those great years with the Dodgers. Then he couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat. 
And then he's just had this great resurgence here where, I mean, he's hitting homer after homer. I love Dansby Swanson as a player. And let's not forget, yeah, I agree, the pitching is in dire straits. But Justin Steele is an absolute yeah. menace on the mound. I mean, this guy's pitching to something like a like a 2.8 or something. He's the second uh, lowest ERA in the National League right now. Second lowest ERA in the National League. I think Kyle Hendricks is pitching better than people are giving him credit for. Um, and obviously, Stroman is a big hit. But even Stroman was sort of faltering uh, until he got hurt. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and they acquired, uh, Candelario at the deadline, right. From yep. the nationals. Yep. Uh, I thought that was a good pickup, but mostly it was just playing defense. It, it was, it was defending, you know, making sure we don't get rid of Cody Ballinger and, and we don't get rid of our big pieces because who knows. And, uh, now we know that they're in the hunt and, um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like they have the ability, as you said, they're not blowing out teams, but, if they can play that scrappy kind of baseball and hit some late inning home runs, I mean, they're exciting to watch. I, I enjoy them. Yeah, they, they're definitely exceeding expectations. I can't really see any part of this season being a failure for them whatsoever. Wherever they finish, they're probably going to finish over 500. And I think they will find a playoff spot, maybe that third spot. We'll see how this month goes. Um, you know, a lot of big games for them to play not just against the teams ahead of them, but just the teams in their division overall, because some of those teams are in it as well, like the Reds and the Brewers. So big games coming up for the Cubs. They have to just steady the course and keep fighting. Uh, we'll see, though. They're, they're, they've definitely emerged as one of the more exciting teams to watch. Uh, a few exciting teams to watch in the NL Central this year, teams that weren't expected to be as good as they've been. And uh, just been a lot of fun in that central, even though it's not the best, but they did make it pretty fun. So the next pennant race we're going to get into, it's in the American League West. We hinted at it a little earlier in the show, and that's the Seattle Mariners. They're the race right now as the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros are sliding a little bit. The Rangers, heavy slide. Losers of their last seven in a row. The Mariners were just on a recent eight-game win streak. They lost that last night. They're eight and two in their last ten, however, and they have jumped Houston in the standings and sit at a tie for, uh, with them for second place. And both teams just one game back of the Rangers for the division lead in the American League West. So it's getting spicy out west in the American League. The Seattle Mariners' remaining schedule, once again in their favor here three against the Royals then they play Oakland and then they play the Mets three teams that they can win some games against and then they finish they have a big series with Tampa that's really big especially for wild card standings say they don't gain enough ground to take the lead Tampa is going to be right in front of them for the wild card so Lots of big divisional and wild card standing play here for the Mariners. And they have a very interesting end of their season here. Ten games, all against the Rangers and the Astros. Three at Texas, three versus Houston, and then four versus Texas in Seattle. That is one heck of a way to close a season out, especially with the race that they are in. So, guys, uh, Nick, we'll jump to you first here. The Mariners, they have kind of soared, had a great second half so far. And what do you think? Where, where does this team end up when it's all said and done? 
Okay, uh, so so I'm I'm like totally in the mi- minority here, but something about this team just kind of pisses me off, and I don't exactly <laughs> know what it is. But um, despite my personal like distaste for this team, um, they're they're playing some good baseball. The dude, I, this Julio Rodriguez guy, he's like getting hits in like a bunch of different games. Uh, he's pretty good. They should just like stop pitching to like you know how like they weren't like pitching to judge because he was just hitting a bunch of home runs. They should like not pitch to him until you know he he stops seeing the baseball so well. Um Luis Castillo um is a good pitcher in major league baseball, but it's it's not like just him. It's like Logan Gilbert, I think, is awesome. George Kirby isn't getting enough uh respect on his name as he deserves. Even Bryce Miller's having a good year. They stack up their rotation. Stacks up just as good as about any team in the AL. Um, I don't think they've won a pennant since like oh one. Um, never it's been a, a while, right? Or sorry, sorry. A, the yeah, the AL West. The, the West, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. The AL West. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I know Seattle wants it so bad, but like I really don't, and I I uh I want to see them crash and burn. I don't think they will. They're getting hot at the right time. Um, if you like the Mariners, go Mariners. That's uh, that's my official take. You know, if you like the Cubs and you're like really in on the Cubs right now, I'm like really in on the Mariners, and okay. I I really do like the Mariners. I think they're fun. I can't describe it, but like I've said that I want Shohei Otani to become a Seattle Mariner. I think that this can add a lot to the team. I think it'd be fun. I think J-Rod would have fun with him. Just be fun in the West. I'm sick of seeing the Dodgers do everything in the West. Give the AL West a chance and give the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, it's because you're wearing a Dodgers jersey today. That's why I had to bring it up. That's why I'm bringing it to the forefront and and doing all this talk. But you you said pretty much 90% of what I was going to say, so I'm just going to say the rest of the 10% that I was going to say, and that the Mariners just – have been so good since the beginning of July going like 33 and 13 and now they're 10 and one in divisional games you couldn't like you can't do better than that really and J-Rod's at the forefront of it their pitchers are at the forefront of it um and they have the second best ERA in the majors they just have to out hurl teams like Houston who got blown out 17 to 1 this week and then the Rangers who are you know dealing with some pretty good some pretty good talent I'm not gonna lie like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like hurl on the Rangers they're they're good they've done better than I expected and they their front office really wants to win so there's that but I admire this the the can-do attitude of the Mariners more than anything (laughs) Will Will before before you uh before we hear your take I just I, they traded Paul Sewalt because like it wasn't looking like they were going to make the playoffs and then they traded Paul Sewalt to the Diamondbacks. What I really want to see is like like them like really in that wild card race and then they just blow a couple of late leads because they don't have Paul Sewalt. That yeah. would be fantastic to me. All right, Will, what, what's your take on the Mariners? Ah, you know, I, I to be honest, for the West in general, I think the Astros are, are going to take it eventually. I know that's lame. But lame. Um, it is lame. Super lame. Super lame. But I just I see that I see that being the the outcome. I, I the Mariners though they have I I think they could squeeze into another wild card spot here. They're not going away at all, and they're getting hot at the right time. This is when you want to be hot in Major League Baseball, and they're definitely doing that. So 
as you guys have been saying, they're fun. They are definitely very fun. It took them a little bit, but they're there now. And they have the schedule to do it. They obviously have the guys to do it. And you mentioned him, Nick. George Kirby, I just got to say, that is a strike thrower. He is a strike machine. I don't think I've seen a pitcher throw as many strikes as George Kirby does in in starts. I mean, he just throws strike after strike after strike. Uh, I know it may sound a little bland, but when you're throwing like 20 to or 18 to 20 consecutive strikes, that's unbelievable. This is this pitching staff. They pound the zone and they're getting rewarded for it. They they just know they did a great job crafting this rotation. They had this big three and they they called up the last piece of that big three between Logan Gilbert, um, George Kirby and Emerson Hancock, who's now up in the majors. And they added Robbie Ray and Luis Castillo. And obviously Robbie Ray is injured, but you know, they added great filler pieces around this big three of a rotation and they're doing a great job. Yeah. Nick 2.3 walk percentage. That's, that's Kirby's nuts. Um, that's crazy. That is, that is unbelievable. Wow. Yuck. So there you go. Just throw strikes. I like the Mariners here. I see them in a, uh, in a uh, playoff spot. I don't think they'll win the division, but they'll definitely keep it tight for the remainder of this season. Now, um, I want to wrap here with the final playoff push, kind of a combination of six teams here. The National League wildcard is something to keep a very close eye on. Teams super, super close in standing. The, the top six teams are separated by at most four and a half games. The Marlins round out that six spot there. The Phillies are in the number one spot, and they're four and a half up on the Marlins. And that's really not a lot, especially with teams that play each other so frequently in the same division, right? So, wow, there there's some openings here, and it's getting tighter by the day. So Phillies up by two and a half. The Cubs are in the second spot, a game, uh, just a half game ahead of the third-place spot, Arizona Diamondbacks. And San Francisco and Cincinnati are tied for that fourth spot, and they're just a half game behind Arizona. And then Miami is two games back of the Diamondbacks. So, guys, there's plenty of room for any six of these teams to either collapse or take that jump. I, I really don't know how this is going to play out because all of these teams, with the exception of the Diamondbacks, I've been playing a very similar brand of baseball where they're either six and four, five and five, or four and six in their last 10 games. Nobody's on an outrageous streak. It's really going to come down to who's playing who at the end of the season. And the Diamondbacks are hot right now. And that's why they're in this mix. Because keep in mind, they lost like almost, I think it was close to 10 games in a row and completely fell out of it, got themselves back in it. But guys, Maddie, I'll start with you. How do you see this National League wildcard shaping up when we get into September? So I think it's really, okay, my, of course, when I go to pull up the Reds and Diamondbacks thing, I click on the wrong thing. So that I just deal with that for a second. But I think this is really interesting. Um, I have been, like you mentioned, I've been pretty much guessing at who's going to be this wild card for a while. And then Arizona kind of has done this thing where it just is kind of screwing with me and I don't really like it. And so they kind of hope they don't get the wild card, to be honest with you, because it's just like messing with my flow. Um. I personally would like to see the Giants slide into that wild card yeah. spot. I personally would. I mean, I have no gripes against Cincinnati or not really Miami, even though they're a division rival for me, but I don't have much of a gripe against them in this. But Arizona just feels weird. Like baseball things aside, just Arizona next to 
the Phillies and the Cubs is just weird. I just don't like it. But back to what I was going to say about actual baseball is for the Giants, this is tough because they're going to face the Braves for the next series. And while we can say, you know, the Mets fared pretty well against the Braves this past series, I, that's not like a um, major major thing to see like I I don't I don't think this this is going to be like the Giants time where they sweep the Braves or anything like that that's not what we're dealing with but then you look at the other side of things and you see the Reds and what was it uh yesterday the Reds struck out 16 times like at, at bat not good at all for their hitting so now you look at it as okay what are we going to do in terms of this next upcoming stretch against the Diamondbacks, a team who's hot. And it's just, if they are able to stay in their at-bats longer and just keep being scrappy with their at-bats, they may be able to end this Diamondbacks streak and get them out of that wild card spot. But I really haven't been seeing effort from the Cincinnati batters as, as of the last couple games. I don't think if we're going even further down the line, Miami is completely out of it. I just think they're a much more of a long shot compared to what we're seeing in Cincinnati and the Giants. Um, But I think I'm going to say, and this might shock people, really excited to see the Phillies up there in the wild card this year. They, their fan base deserves it. Their fan base deserves it. They put up with a lot this year. And so I'm excited to see them there. Cubs, I've already given my spiel on the Cubs. I just think it's going to come down between those three Arizona Giants and Cincinnati I'd like to see the Giants take it but like I said against the series against the Braves I really don't know how it's going to help their standings improve in this race so in in that period of time you disgraced the whole state of Arizona you said baseball aside Arizona okay but that's fine you did you just praise Philadelphia sports fans um, when you get billboards put up by your players, um, when they say, I'm sorry, and then they get standing ovations, I have to tip my cap, my, my okay. cap and say, Hey, I'm glad to see the fans really support their team because right okay. now I have nothing to look forward to. So it's not like I'm really going to be able to make a competitive case against them right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I, 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 I agree with you. I think the Phillies are sort of a lot, the Phillies, man. These last two years, they just seem like the guys who they're like, no, we don't really want to win the division, but like we're making the playoffs. And they just always like hang around like like three games up on these people in the wild card race. And like they're always there. They're never gone. Um, I think their hitting's fantastic. Trey Turner is getting hot at the right time. Um, obviously, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are two of the most dominant arms in the league. Um Obviously, I'm going to have the Cubbies up there because I think their brand of baseball is so exciting to watch. Do I want the Snakes or the Giants in the playoffs? No, I don't. Um, I think they're both rats of teams. Um, Do I think they're going to make it one of them? It's probably going to be the Giants. I think they're solid enough to make it. Like you said, Maddie, I don't think the Reds have it this year. Give it a year or two, and I think they'll be there. Um, I do like the Fish. The Marlins, I'm, 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 I'm picking up what they're putting down, um, but they've been kind of faltering recently. Uh, I mean, you know, the Mets are only eight games back of a playoff spot. Maddie, do you, is is that a problem? Did I just give you hope when like we shouldn't have hope? Is that okay? Season's season's dead. 
She's okay. in the water. But I will be going to the game next week. Uh, oh, they're giving okay. me a good deal, but uh, season's dead. Uh, oh. Can't wait to cash in my $15 ticket and food. <laughs> oh, boy. But, you it's know, it's, it's it over. is cooked. It's it's over. Baseball's um, done in New York. <laughs> all, all opinions aside, the Padres aren't going to make the playoffs, and that's good enough for me. What about hey. you, Talon? Oh, my God, same. Yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, the way that they're all playing right now, I think is why we are giving the answers that we're giving because it's just like – I, it's tough to see which direction that they're going to go in. Um, the Marlins, I agree with both of you. They're faltering. I'm leaning with Maddie Moore here. I really don't really see – I can't see them being in this conversation for too much longer um, if they continue to slide. But the Diamondbacks are weird. They're just too weird for me right now. You oh, lose eight or nine, know. right? You lose eight or nine, and then you win five. That's just – that's too spotty for me. I'd love to see it because I love what they have going on over there. But it may be too soon. May have to wait until next year. I really think – I know they're playing the Braves, but I think the Giants are going to make it into this wild card conversation and not only make it into the wild card, but they're going to be some kind of an opposing threat when they make this spot. I think that they're sneaky good. I really do. Did you guys know that Wilmer Flores is batting over 300 this year for the Giants? There you go. I did not. <laughs> so That's like, my net. You know? So they are sneaky good. And then if you you couple that with, you go, Logan Webb won, Alex Cobb two. That's one, two in a wild card series. That's going to be tough. Those are two all-stars right there. Alex Cobb this year. So I like the Giants. I think the Phillies are going to stay at the top for sure. Uh, but if I were to give a prediction right now on how I think this is going to turn out at season's end, we're going to go Phillies at one, we're going to go Giants at two, and I'm going to go Cubs at three. Yes, I think the Giants are going to be that good in September that they're going to make it into that second spot. I like the Reds, and I like the Marlins, and I like the Diamondbacks, but not for this year. I think all three of those teams um, played well over what was expected for them especially the Marlins and especially the Reds thought the Diamondbacks would be a little over 500 and then next year they'd take the jump and that's that's probably where they're going to be both the Reds and the Marlins I I didn't think they were going to finish 500 I think that they would have improved from their win totals last year by like four games each and then in 2024 these are all 2024 teams making a push in 2023 so definitely keep an eye on these teams for next year but for this year, it's going to be tough. So Philadelphia, San Francisco, Chicago, that'll be it for me. And that's going to do it for Nosebleeds. This week of Nosebleeds, a lot of fun here, guys. We had a lot of fun chopping it up as we get closer to the last month of the regular season of baseball. It's kind of crazy. It goes very, very fast. The fast six months. And then we have playoff baseball. It's always a fun time. So Strasburg. He retires. Otani and Trout are hurt. The Angels, we don't know what they're doing. The playoff races are really heating up in all of the divisions for the most part. American League West, National League Central, and the National League wildcard, probably the tightest race of them all. Very much looking forward to seeing where this season of Major League Baseball ends up as we head, as we march on to October. But that's going to do it. 
So for Matty Bimonte and Nick Palmer, I'm Will Talent, and this has been Nosebleeds, a production of WFUV Sports. Born